Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Now, here's your host, No Shame on You's founder and president, Miriam Ament. Welcome to the 11th podcast of No Shame on You, an organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. My name is Miriam Ament, and I am the founder and president of No Shame on You. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Linda Myers, author of the memoir, The Tell. Hi, Linda. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Oh, hi, Miriam. Thank you for having me on. We're so thrilled to have to have you on. Um, so I wanted to start out uh, with asking, why did you decide to write your memoir, and did you always have in mind that one day you'd be writing about your life? Well, I don't know how far back always goes, but for, for a long time, I thought I would really like to write a story about my life that I could leave for my grandchildren, because there's so many questions I wish I would have been able to ask and have answered by my parents and my grandparents. So I wanted to give this to them. That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. Um, Throughout your story, you recall the things you could have done to possibly help your mother. What advice do you have for someone who has a family member who needs help, but doesn't know how to take care of them or is too afraid to ask for help? Oh, my goodness. It's so hard to be closeted with that kind of problem. You know, it's, it's, um, it's really, I really urge them to, to tell somebody um, and get some support because it's a huge burden living with somebody who is mentally challenged. Right. So you would be very lonely. Well, my mother was very lonely because she was she was seriously disturbed and she was in a marriage with my father that was um, really, it was just, it was just awful. And he, he was um, a philanderer and she was left alone a lot and she knew that he was fooling around and she couldn't get him to admit it. And it was just a real kind of back and forth, horrible situation. And she she kept threatening suicide, and they would have these giant fights, and then she would kick him out, and then she would threaten suicide, and then he would come running back so she wouldn't kill herself. And that pattern would get repeated over and over. And as a child living in that environment, it was so stressful. And also at the time, I was told very explicitly that I was not to tell anything that was happening in that family to anybody. That also led to a huge pressure. To keep, to keep everything a secret that was going on. Right. Right. So you, in advising other people, you would say that try to encourage people to help get help. And just like any other condition, you would encourage people to not keep it a secret if, if it means life, it's a life and death situation. Yes. Yes. I would definitely encourage them to find even one person, particularly I'm speaking now for children to find even one person that they could trust a teacher or, um, a doctor, uh, or a grandparent, you know, somebody that they can, they can say, what's going on with mommy and daddy? 
you know, I don't understand what's happening. Mommy is so upset. She doesn't come out of bed. She stays in bed in the dark room. You know, right. What can I do? What can I do to help her? That's, that's important advice. And, and obviously you're a trusted uh, source for, to, for giving that advice. So thank you for, for sharing what you've been through and uh and helping others you're welcome uh you made it one of your life goals to have three children because you knew how it felt growing up as an only child in in what you described as a toxic household did you ever open up to your children about how important it is to have a close and loyal bond with each other absolutely absolutely from the time they were little guys i said you know friends are really really important but brothers always have to have each other's back and to this day, when I speak to one of my children, I say, have you spoken to your brothers? When was the last time you spoke to your brothers? And, and they're there for each other. You know, they, don't, they, they um, don't all live right near each other, but they're very much there for each other. That's beautiful. And That's I, very, very beautiful. It, it's, really, it's really important. And it, it gives me solace to know, I mean, at some point, um, I may not be around because that's, you know, that's what happens in life. You, you know, you leave at some point and I'd like to know that they have each other. That's beautiful. That's beautiful that you've created such a, a bond with your family. And, and I want to go back to something, Miriam, if sure. I may. Um, sure. I, when, when my mother finally did kill herself, I was, I was 28 at the time. I was the mother of three little kids. and At the funeral, my mother-in-law at the time came over and whispered to me, don't worry, I've told everybody she had a heart attack. And I said to my mother-in-law, well, that's too bad because I'm telling everybody the truth. And I I felt it was really important to not make more of a stigma out of it than it already was. My mother was very disturbed. And, um, and she, this is, this was her choice to take her life. And I, and I had lived in a family where there were so many secrets all the time that I felt this sort of freedom to finally be able to speak the truth. Right. And also, also, and I, I say this to, to people who are uh, suicide survivors, there's different ways of dealing with trauma. Uh, for some people, they don't want to talk about it at all. For me, it was the opposite. I I felt a relief when I could tell the story. So I, if I would meet somebody that I that didn't know, I would feel, oh, I get to tell it again. And by telling it and telling it, I worked it through for myself, and I I found it really helpful. Wonderful, and that's that's so important to eliminate stigma by by getting the word out that there's no shame in in living with a mental health condition or being a survivor of suicide loss that you know that that people need to talk about it and understand and i think that's so commendable that that you took the stand and said i'm i'm going to tell the story of what really happened right right so th- thank you for being a part of 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 taking away shame You're um, welcome. along those along those lines how important was it for you and your children to be open with each other about mental health issues well, you know, <laughs> it's all compounded by the fact that I'm a psychologist and I'm a psychoanalyst. And right. so, you know, and so mental health issues were, were, you know, part of the 
the conversation on a regular basis, you know, and I, and I, I work with people who have all kinds of different disturbances and who are what I call garden variety neurotics, like all of us. And, <laughs> and, and my kids, you know, have always, um, you know, I don't feel, think they feel any stigma at all around uh, emotional problems. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And you, do you think you chose um, this career? I know you were, you were studying when you already had three kids, you were studying um, and in graduate school and stuff. Do you think you chose this career because of growing up with, with a mother living with a mental health condition? Was that a part of it? That was absolutely a part of it. I, w- I was a psychologist before I, I could have, you know, spelled the word because I was always trying to figure out what was going on in the family. That's why my book is called The Tell. Um, right. I was, always, I was always looking for the clues that would help me understand what was going on, which is very much what we do as psychologists. You know, we, we try and figure out, you know, why is this person struggling? What is it that's going on in, in their current life and their, in their past that is making things so difficult for them? And I wanted to know and understand that with my parents. Because I, I right. you know, I, I had a natural inclination to want to help, but I did not have the oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The drive to really change my life came with her death. Oh, and, interesting. Um, I and I I wrote in the book about this that it was really important for me to give meaning to her death, and the best way I could think to do that was to change my own life. So right. within the year after she died, um, I moved and um, I separated from my husband because we were in a, in a bad marriage and I started college. And, right. um, and, and, and I, I, I was in a state of becoming and I thought, you know, I, I felt very bad that my mom, the, the, um, the ostensible reason the, the outward obvious reason was because she was in a horrible marriage. Um, but I, I wanted to be sure that my life didn't end up like hers. Right. Right. And you, you made so many changes. And I know you talked about people would say to you when you got divorced, Oh, you need another man. And you're like, no, I, you were sort of trying to say, I'm my own person. I don't need, you know, necessarily another man. I just want to live my life. Right. At the time, it was the it was the women's movement, you know. So there was a lot of support for standing right. on our own feet. Right. But you were certainly, and you were certainly a, a pioneer in that way. It, it sounds like for for some of the communities that you were around, that not everyone, uh, it was it was there were sort of some new concepts for for people that you knew. Yes. Yes. It was a very exciting time. It was a very enlivening time for women. And right. so. I felt like I had a lot of uh, support out in the world for, you know, for taking these giant steps. Right. Right. No. And that's awesome. And you did, I mean, look, you, wow, did you change so much? It's amazing um, how much you had going on and it's not easy to do anyone with those three kids. It's, it's not easy, three young kids and to do all that you were doing, you know, being in school and everything else is really, really admirable. Thank you. Um, after reading your memoir, um, is what's one last message you'd like to share with us, and especially you were, to young women, as we were just talking about 
you know, the, the rise of the women's movement and you, you were, you know, excited by all that was going on at, at, at the time that you were writing about, but um, what would you like to say to young women now? Wow, I think young women now could have a lot to say to me because they're growing up in a world that in some, in some ways, um, you know, we help pioneer, but, but um, they have so many more choices and options. And I say, keep, you know, keep the doors open and can investigate and, and find, you know, find where your niche is. And right. if, you're, if you're dealing with emotional problems, go get help. Go get help. The help is out there and it's confidential and just go and get it. And it can make a huge difference in your ability to go and take, take the path that you, that you need to be taking. Beautiful. Beautiful. So go get help and right. And you can get along your path. And you're such a great example of someone who realized the path you were on was not one you wanted to be continuing on. And you were able to make, you know, so many changes and, and, you know, live such a fulfilling life. So I think that's. Well, that was, that was spurred. That was also spurred by my mother's suicide. And, um, and I think, I think that tragedy um, can also be an opportunity for growth. Yes, that's a really good point. Like you said, you you try to turn make make your mother's life and and her suicide meaningful, and that's exactly what you did. Where can people find out more about about you and where to get your book and uh, follow what you're up to? Well, I have an author website, uh, Linda I. Myers the Tell. Um, it's Linda I. Myers at the Tell dot com. The t- excuse me, it's Linda I. Myers at the Tell a Memoir dot com. Um, my book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, and, um, and also, you know, you can Google me and there I am. You can find out whatever you need to know. Great. Okay. So everyone check out Linda Myers of the Tal. We were so honored to have her here with us sharing her story. And, uh, we look forward to seeing what you're going to be up to next. Cause I feel like you're always, uh, doing, you know, doing up to many, many things. Well, hopefully, <laughs> it's it's very enlivening to keep taking on new projects. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It sounds like you're you're a great multitasker and you can do lots of things at the same time, which is which is an amazing uh, thing to be able to do. Well, thank you, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being in touch. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye.